are we worried about Madison Bumgarner? And have you realized just how bad E. Gordon has been? Why am I starting today's show off on such a bad note? Welcome, everybody. We can talk about Stephen Wright. That'll make people happy. We can talk about Carlos Carrasco and another gem. And we can talk to Kreeth. I'm Adam Azer. Hello, Chris Towers and Heath Cummings. Before the show, we were talking about, this is true, our favorite Disney songs. Chris, I'll let you go first since you had such a hot take on it. Uh, Gaston may be the best Disney song. I'm not, it's not a, it's not with a bullet. Um, I'll Make a Man Out of You is very good. I Won't Say I'm in Love from Hercules, also a banger. Um, lots of good songs in the Disney canon, but Gaston, uh, it slaps for sure. Okay. Heath, you have a favorite? No. Could you name one? Um, without oh, Googling it right now? I've already Googled it. <laughs> I don't. This is just. It was look. It wasn't your time. Confession time for Heath. I've I've watched a lot of them. I don't. I, I like a lot of them. I don't really like movies where they just start singing in the middle with like people around them, and then the people around them all start singing, and then and then like thirty seconds later they all act like nobody was singing. Yeah, it's called it's, a musical. It's really not my thing. Okay. I yeah. It's, um, you're, you're embarrassing yourself. Part of that, part of, part of that world good. in Little Mermaid Moana? is yeah, Mona. Oh, Mona. <laughs> part of that world in Little Mermaid is the best Disney song. And uh, let's uh, let's move on. Um, so I want to start with the big news. And uh, the Angels have denied a report that Shohei Otani needs Tommy John surgery. What should we do right now if we are the Otani owner? To be clear, the Angels have denied a report that they have decided that Shohei he, he Otani doesn't need needs. Tommy John surgery right now. Right. Like, if you look back at the history of grade two UCL strains, a lot of them need Tommy John surgery. Some of them don't. And, like, his two teammates are good examples. Yep. Andrew Heaney had a grade two Tommy John strain, or a UCL strain. He opted for the recover, and then two months later, they decided it wasn't happening. He needed Tommy John surgery. He was back in about 18 months. Garrett Richards didn't need Tommy John surgery. He has, of course, pitched like six more innings than Andrew Heaney over the last two seasons. So it's not like it kind of seems like an helpful. Angels thing because when Urban Santana was with the Angels, he had the major um, partial well, tear, major I think strain. It's becoming more of a thing, and I think the Angels are probably one of the teams that tries to avoid Tommy John surgery if they can. I mean, I think there is an understanding that you don't necessarily always need Tommy John surgery, but it's the only way to truly fix it. Like Gary Richards had. Basically a completely lost 2016 and 2017. It wouldn't have been that much different if he had actually had Tommy John surgery. All right. Well, bottom line is wait and see with Shohei Otani. And you probably don't need to stash Robinson Cano because yesterday they said that he will not return as the full-time second baseman. Of course, injuries could, could, uh, change yeah, things. I'm skeptical of that. Like they're not going to keep Robinson Cano on the bench. Well, they said, you know, D. Gordon's going to be their second baseman when they go into the playoffs. Cano is not eligible to play in the postseason, so that's the justification behind first, it. Yeah. Hot, Calm take, down. hot take there. They won't be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they might be. They're very good. Look at the – regardless of that, who's going to take – who's going to overtake them? Well, the Astros – There's like four good teams in the AL. Uh, So, no, because – yeah, you mean they could be the second wild card? It would have to be the Angels. Yeah. It would have to be the Angels. Right. Who just lost their second best hitter and best pitcher. Or the Tigers, who are surprisingly good, but no, it won't be that. What? Yeah. <laughs> and the, like, surprisingly good, they're 10 games back of Seattle. Are they really? Wow. So Tigers, yeah. They're like 500, right? The they're five games under. They're five, oh wow. I thought they were like, the only right option is, the I'm East. surprised they're only five games. Yeah, under. I think yeah. you're right, Adam. The Angels are the only team that might overtake them and they just lost their best pitcher and second best hitter. So yeah, it's, I'm still not convinced. Chris Archer will not be back this weekend. The Cleveland Indians called up Francisco Mejia. He's 39% owned. He's their top catching prospect. And the Rays called up Willie Adamas. He's 31% owned and he is a shortstop. Who is a more exciting ad? Francisco Mejia for the Indians, Willie Adamas for the Rays. It's Adamas, just because I, I'm not sure. Like, they've tried Francisco Mejia in the outfield and at third base, I believe, in the minors and in spring training, but it just doesn't seem like there's going to be somewhere for him to play every day. See, I don't, I was thinking it might be Mejia just because he's catcher eligible. And if he can play, 
that like I really have a hard time believing, and they may just call him up for a week because they need a fill in, like what the Rays did with Adamus. Yeah. Yes, but if they're if he stays up. I think he'll be more valuable in fantasy. Mejia is clearly the more interesting long-term fantasy. He's prospect. a better hitter, right? I think so. And, and just, catcher. And he's a catcher. He's been bad in AAA, though, this year. And that's why I would – maybe it's a Cody Bellinger situation. He just gets hot and forces his way into the lineup. But he has a 605 OPS at AAA right now. I, I think would he's get, been really hot. Yeah, he has been hot. Mejia's been hot lately. They called him up. Catcher Roberto Perez may end up on the DL. They still have Jan Gomes. Uh, Adamas – Came up earlier, had a little cameo. He's been okay. You know, he's played, what, like four games or something in the majors. He had two RBIs and a walk and a strikeout yesterday. Uh Yeah, so is Adamas here to stay? Does he have more longevity than Mejia in theory? That's my assumption, yeah. Right. Okay. Once they called up Jake Bowers, that I think that's that's pretty much there. Who donged last night. He did. There you go. Would you, would you rather have uh, Willie Adamas or... Um, you know, long term, uh, Paul DeYoung. DeYoung. Yeah, I mean, how far are we away from DeYoung returning? I guess is the question. So, I, I would think DeYoung's a better player. Something like two or, or three weeks, player. I believe. Two or three weeks is sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm worried that he might not be himself coming because he broke his hand, right? Um, we've seen very mixed returns on guys like that. Screw or uh. I can't remember his name. Yeah, the Reds. Eugenio Suarez came back from a uh, from a broken thumb, I believe, and has just not missed a beat. And then, you know, you look at like Justin Turner hasn't been able to find himself. So, and Yuli Gurriel broke his hand, hasn't been very good, although he's heated up lately. Um, would you rather have Willie Adams or Jerickson Profar? Uh, probably Adams. I think I Profar Jerickson. <laughs> Mookie Betts is back. And Mike Trout fouled the ball off his shin, and x-rays were negative. Mookie Betts is back, and I, I wonder if I owned Dylan Bundy, how I would have reacted to that. Because I assumed Betts was not going to play, and I was going to start, but I probably would have started him anyway. And uh, hypothetically, I would have made a great decision, because uh, <laughs> Bundy had an outstanding start. So let's talk about Monday's standouts. I'm trying to look up some of Stephen Wright's funniest jokes. Um but as we I know, don't know, you keep you keep referencing this, and I don't know what you're referring. You don't to. know who Stephen no Wright is? Is he funny? Oh, the comedian. Okay, there is a different comedian. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the guy Sorry. on the couch and I thought baked. you meant that the like Boston Red Sox pitcher like moonlights as a comedian. No. So Stephen Wright makes these like very ironic one-liners. I'm going to get a tattoo over my whole body of me, but taller. They're just not that funny anymore. Uh, were they ever? Yeah, they were. I got a new dog. He's a paranoid retriever. He brings back everything because he's not sure what I threw him. It's, uh, it's very like Mitch Hedbergian. Yes. Yes, but before Mitch Hedberg. So Stephen Wright, 60% own in two starts now. He has gone 13 and two thirds, given up six hits, no runs, six walks, and 11 strikeouts. Couldn't have asked for a much better matchup at Baltimore without Manny Machado last night, who had an illness, and he was uh, against Detroit. Who apparently is five games under 500, uh, in his first start that last week. He's pitched out of the bullpen this year, but he was like, you know, Scott and Heath argued about him yesterday, I think. Um, he was an all-star two years ago. He was terrible after the break, but Stephen Wright is 60% owned. And what do we think? Adam, leave him alone. What do you think? I just, I have trouble analyzing knuckleballers because I, I'm sure there is something that Stephen Wright does when he's doing things well that he does not when things are going poorly that he intends to do. I cannot, by watching him or by looking at his numbers, say which is which. And so I, yeah, add him. He may be good moving forward. My guess is he won't be because he hasn't been good for the majority of his career. I am going to just... I, what I said yesterday was I think he's a random number generator, and he could give you three starts where he doesn't give up any runs, and he might give up eight runs the next start before he gets an out. You, you can't. And I don't. You cannot call how, him. How original that you came yeah, you, up with that? You can't call him a random number generator. Like that is Chris's thing. I think I actually. I was trying to come up slot machine. I was trying to come up with a more uh, analytical. But let's way just to analyze him like a regular pitcher. He has thrown 29 innings and has a one-two-one ERA. That sounds awesome. His XFIP is 4.50. Why? 
that his, we can't analyze, but that's the thing is we can't analyze him like a normal pitcher. He's walked 4.8 batters per nine. Yeah. He has struck out 7.5. Right, that's but bad. he's a knuckleballer. I mean, he has so a 192 so, BABIP against. Do you want to, do you, well, I mean, he's hard to hit and his ball moves all over the place. So he, he's going to walk guys. Uh, do you want to add Steven Wright? I don't. No. No. All right. Then forget it. Anybody stand I, out to you guys yesterday? And I, I say that while acknowledging that he very well may have five great starts. All right, Monday standouts from you fellas? Yeah, I'll say uh, Jack Flaherty. Uh, we had a weird tweet last night. I don't know if you guys saw it. Like in the first inning of that game, apparently he had a rough first inning and very mad about Jack Flaherty and his control. He walked one batter in six and a third, gave up three hits, struck out six. He's really good. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, would you rather have Flair? I'll give you some names: Flaherty or Junis. Flaherty. Flaherty or Tyone. I think I'd rather have Flaherty. Flaherty or a returning on Wednesday Kenta Maeda. Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. I re- I really like uh, Maeda, but I just there are there are limitations to his usage that I think. Clarity will overcome. All right. Forgot to tell everybody what's coming up on today's show. I am looking. I got, you know, I got some leagues where I just kind of like, yeah, whatever. This team's not going anywhere. Maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs, but we're not, we're not a championship caliber team. So I want some players that can carry my team for like two months. Just absolutely dominate. So I've got a whole list of guys. I'm going to ask you, can they put a team on their back? And just crush it for fantasy. Uh, you like me, would you like me to leave the room? This no, no, no. Real, it's going to get really Towers bad. Day I don't think awesome. so. I don't think so. You acknowledge awesome. that yes. you acknowledge that there are players that could get super hot and like go on a 1,200 OPS over a month and a half kind of binge. Tell us who they are, Chris. Every single player. Chris. No, no, not no. true. That's not true. You know that. Can not I? True. I do want to talk about a standout. Okay. Oh, we're also we also have a, a little. A little oh. great the trade today. <laughs> I I really every time you say we've got a little and then you start to play music, everyone gets excited and hopes it's the regulators music. Yeah, well it isn't. Yeah, it's disappointing. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's the electric slide. Everybody nobody likes the electric slide. But uh what what do you want to talk about, Chris? Uh Jose Martinez. There are some really interesting things going on with his game right now. And he's been the best hitter in the world since the start of June. He has an almost 1,600 OPS uh, since June 1st. But it's not just fluky. I don't know if it's sustainable. I mean, I know a 1,600 OPS is not sustainable. But his issue is that he hits the ball on the ground too often. And over the last 20 games... He has hit the ball on the ground significantly less often than his career. 40.4% ground ball rate over the last 20 games, and it has been declining for about a month. His 20-game rolling ground ball percentage peaked on June 3rd with 56%. Ever since then, he has basically just stopped hitting the ball on the ground, and that's a really good sign for a hitter this talented. We know he can – I mean, we know he has great plate discipline. He's had that even when things haven't been going well this season. The problem is he just didn't hit for power for like basically two months from the middle of April until the the start of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that he's hitting the ball in the air, I'm much more convinced that Jose Martinez can keep this up. I There's no guarantee that it doesn't go back to the way it was before, but this is a very good sign for him moving forward. Do you think he's the type of player that could carry your team for two months? Uh, no, probably not. Did you know he's the number two second baseman? Jose Martinez is the number two second baseman in fantasy. It doesn't seem accurate. It's terrible. It's, uh, it's Freddie. No, that doesn't seem accurate at all. I didn't know he was a second base eligible. Yeah. Oh, first. He would be like the worst second baseman ever. I don't know where, you know what? I'll tell you what, he's, he's the number two first baseman in fantasy. I'm going to see where he'd be at second base. Well, he would be number six. How about that? Yeah, that sounds right. But he does like, he has a 928 OPS on the season. Yeah, I know. You know he, it's just, it's crazy. he was bad for like a month and a half. Or not bad. He was still hitting like 290. He just wasn't producing. 
But you look at the overall numbers, and it makes sense that he's the number two first baseman. He was bad. I mean, so Jose Martinez had a 35-game stretch with a 698 OPS. He batted 259 with two home runs. Um, And, uh, yeah, he's on fire right now. Five home runs in his last seven games, I believe, for Jose Martinez. I love the fly ball stat. That's really, really interesting. Still, you look at, like, the point totals. I think he's only had three weeks with uh, 20 or more fantasy points this, this year. But um, his RBI and run totals are weirdly low for a guy who had like 18 RBI in the first 12 games or whatever it was. Yes, actually, and we'll talk about Marcelo Zuna and an interesting stat about him. In fact, I'll just give it right now. Just give me one second. Marcelo Zuna, you think he's hot lately? He's, you know, over the last 21 days, he's batting 400, but only four home runs and uh, nine runs scored. He's batting 400 in 21 days and he's scored nine runs. So that lineup just needs to get going a little bit. Uh, I mean, you look at everything that's behind him in the lineup, and it's yeah, Yadier good. Molina and Jed Jerko and Dexter Fowler and Yadiel Munoz? And Yairo Munoz. Yairo Munoz, Yairo. And, and Molina just got back. All right, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we also have Team Name Tuesday coming up. Very, very good edition of Team Name Tuesday. Very musical edition. I get to I get to sing for everybody today. But let's do the worryometer for three pe- ple- uh, three, ple- 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 three players, two pitchers. Madison Bumgarner. All right, two starts, six strikeouts, and 11 and a third. And not exactly tough lineups. I mean, Arizona in his first start, they're not that great of a lineup without Pollock, to be quite honest. And at Miami yesterday? Come on, man. Madison Bumgarner, worryometer, zero to ten. Two. One. All right. It's two starts. I, w- I won't. Uh, I won't get into that. Then he's fine. Yeah, like it, he he broke his hand or his pinky, which is not even the most important of the digits no, he barely for pitching. It. And uh, if this if he had just been pitching this whole time and then had a two start stretch against Arizona and Miami where he had six strikeouts in eleven innings, we wouldn't even like mention it. But, but that but he hasn't. But he doesn't have yeah, good starts. But unless we think that the, basically the only question is did the shoulder injury last year diminish his talent? Well I don't think the hand injury did. Look at the numbers last year after the shoulder injury. Three forty three ERA, seventy three strikeouts, fifteen homers and eighty four innings, ten percent swinging strike swinging strike rate. As I mentioned on the, the the last time we talked about Bumgarner after his first start, so those those overall numbers are not great. Three forty three ERA, seventy three strikeouts, fifteen homers, and eighty four innings, ten percent swinging strikes. Um, but it was really two awful starts: yeah. eleven earned runs and eleven innings that boosted the ERA. And a three forty three ERA is within the range of reasonable outcomes for Madison Bumgarner. Ooh, like it's, it's like, like even the good that? version. When was the last time a he three, had a 343 ERA? He had a 337 in 2012. It was a long time ago, but like he was never like a low two ERA guy. He had no. 298, 293, 270. Those barely even exist. I mean, like, th- right, you don't want a 343 like, ERA. Like, if Madison Bumgarner goes through a whole, like a 10 start stretch or a 12 start stretch, whatever it was, during, I'm sure there were 12 start stretches within 2016 when he had a 274 ERA, where he had a 340 ERA, probably worse. And so uh, okay. there may be signal there, but my default assumption, given how good we know Madison Bumgarner to be, is that that's mostly noise. D. Gordon, he's boy, he's been really cold. So just before going on the DL, 11 games before going on the DL, he had a 156 batting average with one steal. 10 games coming off the DL, entering Monday, uh, which was an offer for him, I believe, He's batting 171 with three steals. He's still stealing bases. And on the year, despite missing 10 games, D. Gordon is the number 12 second baseman in Roto, number 17 in points. I think you look at four walks to 36 strikeouts, though. Gosh, only four walks. I know he's not like a huge walk guy. Um, is this just a cold stretch for D. Gordon? We don't expect him to bat 275, which is what he's batting right now. Or are we seeing uh, some concerning signs for D. Gordon? What's the worryometer? Zero to ten. He does not walk. He doesn't really like the 36 strikeouts not is actually good. He's got it's, a four, it's, 14% strikeout. Yeah, like right? it's, it's D Gordon. We have seen this happen to him in the past. He is for batting average kind of reliant because he doesn't have any home runs on having a very high bat bit. And he is a guy that is really fast and his batted ball profile kind of lends itself towards having a higher bat bit. Right now he's just got kind of a normal bat bit. So his batting average is struggling. 
if you look at his batted ball profile, he like he's got a 16% hard contact rate, and that's also what he does. And that's actually like that's not a bad thing for him. Like no. D Gordon's the kind of guy that like when he hits a ground ball, you want him to hit it soft. When the, he hits a line drive, you kind of want it to be hit soft. You want it to fall between the defenders. The problem might be, and this is a low fly ball percentage, but it's at 26% this year. That's not good for him. He is kind of like William A. Hayes to have to drop and do push-ups every time he hits a ball in the air. Did we give a number on the worryometer, or are we just uh, for me it's zero wasting time? Three. I I don't I don't think there's much of a diminishment in skill. The only concern I had with him really was the toe coming back from the the injury, whether he'd run, and he has three steals despite being on base like nine times. Okay, so basically zeros for Madison Bumgarner, like zero to two or three for Bumgarner and D Gordon. We're not really worried. And this guy is not, you know, not really in the same category, but he is 88% owned, and he has had two bad starts in his last three. Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney, uh, worryometer on Heaney. The other start in that three-start stretch was like a gem, right? Yes, it was a complete game shutout against the Royals. The strikeouts haven't been here, been there for him the last uh, handful of starts, even during that really good start. So I guess that's a little bit concerning because he came out the first eight games of the year and was striking out well over a batter per inning, not, not something he really profiled as. So I guess like a four or five. I wonder. There's a little like Shamanaya here. I wonder how much of that is schedule dependent because the Royals just really do not strike out. Um, I don't know what the Mariners strike out race. Uh, well, is, the, the, the Tigers really have anybody who strikes out much. The Tigers before the Royals do not strike out much either. So, so did, yeah, so I'm not schedule. real. We have to make this relative. If I was tr- hoping at the beginning of the year that Heaney was going to be as good as Madison Bumgarner, I'd be a 10. Yeah. But for what I want from Andrew Heaney, I'm probably somewhere around a 3 or a 4. I still, still think you should have him on your roster. I'm still looking to add him where he's available, I think. Well, yeah, it's few and far between. He's 88% owned, but maybe if somebody drops Andrew Heaney, you go ahead and you, and you pick him up. And you pick up the seat geek app. All right, you want to go to an Angels game? You want to watch Andrew Heaney? I can save you money. Next time you need to go to a game or a concert, comedy, theater, if you want a purchase that's fully guaranteed, you need to use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is great. I use it all the time. I really honestly do. And I tell people about it all the time, even when I'm not on the air. And I tell them, hey, if you've never used SeatGeek before, use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase. 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, let's say you've already used the code FANTASY. Are you still going to save money? Yes, for two reasons. One, because we already we have another promo code, and it's today. The code today gets you ten bucks off MLB tickets. But let's say you've already used that promo code, or you don't want to go to a baseball game. You're going to save money because SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites, compares prices, finds the best deals, and gets you the most bang for your buck. So it's basically just about you don't have time to go out and look at all these different sites. So SeatGeek does have that time. SeatGeek does it for you. Makes it really really simple to buy tickets. Use the promo code Fantasy. For 20 bucks off your first purchase, use the code today for 10 bucks off baseball tickets. And we got an email from Wes who said he bought, he, uh, he used SeatGeek for Father's Day gift to get three tickets to the Cubs Cardinals game on Sunday night, all for under 150 bucks total. He thought he'd have to pay at least that much per ticket. And he says his subject line was SeatGeek saved me. That's a real email. And, uh, I think it could save you a lot of money. So please use SeatGeek. The codes are fantasy. And today, here's a fun little email from Scott W. from Portland. Dear Jack, Sawyer, and Locke. I don't know. Lost. Lost. Yeah, I thought so. Damn it. Start. I never watched that show, and I know it. Yeah, because we've gotten that uh, that uh, title so many times, uh, that uh, subject line. Or What the hell am I saying? Greeting. I grew up in the 80s, recently been going through my baseball card collection from the late 80s and early 90s. Looking back on these cards 30 years later and remembering who some of my favorite players and cards were, I also have a different perspective now that I know who was in the Hall of Fame and who was just like just someone that I liked watching. Back then, we had a handful of guys that we knew were going to be in, like Schmidt, Boggs, Ripken, and Gwynn. There were also guys we may not have been as sure about, like Tomei and Frank Thomas, that proved it over time. Thinking about today's players, who do you think will be surefire Hall of Famers? And who might be some of those peripheral guys that will develop a Hall of Fame career over longevity. Uh, the surefire guys are like Scherzer, Kershaw, Trout, Pujols, Pujols, Miggy. uh, Beltre, Miguel Cabrera, 
Um, Grinky. I think he's one of those guys Ooh. who, like, I think Verlander's probably going to get in. Corey Kluber will probably end up getting in. Grinky, Verlander, I think, should get Verlander in. Verlander, probably. Verlander's first ballot. Uh, Grinky is one year younger than Verlander and has a higher career war than Verlander. Yeah, wow. but he didn't win an MVP. He doesn't have – Verlander has two Cy Youngs. He, and a he World Series. Sure seems like he's going to get another one this year. I, Yeah, I – I think they're both in. I – this is a philosophical thing to a certain extent. I'm a big Hall guy. I think we should – we should celebrate the game and the best players, and I, I would be more willing than most people to put someone like Chase Utley in. I think Chase Utley should be a Hall of Famer. I think Bryce Harper will eventually get in. Ichiro. Yeah. Giancarlo Stan will probably eventually get in. Ichiro's not a current player. What do you mean? He, well, he's still he's, in batting practice. He's, an executive. he's still kind of a current player. He, he's got an office now. He's He may come back. I have not seen an official retirement ceremony. See, I'm I'm a Hall of Fame snob. There would be like like 10% of the of the current Hall of Fame would be in if I were the only voter. I wouldn't even put Adrian Beltre in. Oh, that's ridiculous. I, 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 I think that you'd have to be... That is absolutely ridiculous. Was, was there ever a you time... log off, sir... Log off. Was there ever a time when Adrian Beltre, was there more than like one, maybe two seasons where he was one of the five best players in baseball? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I agree For with like that. For like a decade. I'll tell you who wasn't, who who I wouldn't put in. Like the last decade. Rafael Palmero, I wouldn't put in the Hall of Fame. I'd be fine with Rafael Palmero. Not yeah. Adrian Beltre is a lot better than Rafael yeah. Beltre. Beltre, okay, Beltre the defense is definitely a factor. Definitely. So fine, he's in. Palmero's out. I think you have to be like. Palmero won a gold glove, sir. Show some respect. Did he win a gold glove? They played like half the played season. Like 30 games. At first bit, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, Posey. We, oh, Posey's yeah, a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yadi Molina is probably going to get in. Salvador but... Perez. <laughs> Yadi's a Hall of Famer. I would put Joe Mauer in, but I know I'm, uh, probably in the minority there. Uh, by the way, just so everybody doesn't hate me, Beltre's in. Palmero's out. Uh, and Cano would have been in if not is for the. Is anyone Beatles. on this Yankees team in? I think Stanton will, prob- Stanton will probably get in. Sabathia probably gets in. Ooh, uh, that's a close one. That's a judge. One. It's hard to say because he got a late start. Didi's um, probably going in the hall. <laughs> Greg uh, Bird. As soon as Greg Bird is yeah, play yeah, every yeah. day, Greg Bird's going to be in the hall. I think he was, Chapman. He was a better prospect than all these other guys. I think Aroldis Chapman. Say, that's gonna what it's going to say on the uh, on the plaque. Better prospect. Greg than Bird. Judge. 111 career home runs. 240 average. Better prospect than Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. Aaron, uh, Aroldis Chapman will have a nice case when it's all said and done. All right, let's move on. News and notes. Baltimore's going to try to work Zach Britton back into the closer's role sort of gradually. We'll see. Um, Robbie Ray can make a rehab start on Thursday. Jeff Samarja scheduled to make a rehab start on Friday. Francisco Cervelli sat with a head injury. Uh, still not clear if Cervelli's going to go on the DL or not. Same with Edwin Encarnacion, who's missed three straight games with an ankle injury. Jason Kipnis sat. Machado had an illness. Johnny Cueto threw a bullpen session. Uh, Wilson Contreras was robbed of a home run. Would have been nice. Kevin Kiermeyer could be back in 10 days. What's your level of interest in Kevin Kiermeyer? Seven. Oh, I'm pretty interested until the next time he gets hurt. Yeah, he does have the injury bug. And Avi Garcia will start a rehab assignment today. What's your level of interest in Avi Garcia? Four. Four. Kenta Maeda is going to start Wednesday, and Angels first baseman Jeffrey Marte left with a bruised wrist. Jose Miguel Fernandez maybe gets a little more playing time for you AL onlyers. How confident do you feel that you got the middle name right? Eight, eight. Okay. Did, did I? Just, just eight. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I, I got I, it. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Miguel Fernandez. Uh, lineup stuff. Austin Meadows has started eight of Pittsburgh's last nine games. He has batted second in all of them. This might partially be due to the fact that they've faced four lefties in their last six games, and Polanco has sat for three of those four. But uh, Meadows is their number two hitter right now. And um, I wonder if he's under-owned. Of course, I don't know what his ownership percentage is. but He also he hasn't done a whole lot, right? You know, he's striking out more lately. I think he's doubled in two straight games. He hasn't done a whole lot, no. But he also hasn't yeah, been he's... so bad where you ignore it, Austin Meadows. So he's 9-4-34. Anybody want to do a quick math on that? That's just over 250. 
about 260. 265 with one home run and no stolen bases, two walks, seven strikeouts. I just think when he's got 83 plate appearances, I don't know how instructive it is to break it up into smaller bits. I agree, but I would just like (laughs) – with a player like this who came out red hot but wasn't – didn't have the the track record to back it up, I'm going to be watching for signs that it was just a hot streak versus – you know, this is the new thing because it wouldn't surprise me if Austin Meadows is back in the minors in a month. Austin Meadows is 75% owned, so I will not say that he is underowned. Okay, uh, Eric Thames sat against a lefty, and Alan Hanses started. Joe Panic sat. That was against a lefty, and maybe that will continue to happen because Panic has, is batting 189 with a 302 slugging percentage against left-handed pitchers. All right, we got to make sure we get to the players who can carry your team. Let's grade some trades. Do you guys know the electric slide? Like, could you do it right now? Woogie, woogie, woogie. I think... I could just, like, step and, like, fake it for about three seconds. I could do it if if I were watching somebody else do it, it would come back to me. I could definitely do it, but we're not allowed to drink at work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is from Ned. Grade the trade. Dear Cody, Yasiel, Walker, and Clayton, we know them, they're Dodgers. Ten-team categories league, give up Eduardo Rodriguez. Get Josh Hader and Joe Musgrove. A. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll give that an A as well. From Sonny, grade the trade, Nails, Kid, and Mook. Mets, 86 Mets. Oh, okay. Give up John Lester, get Josh Hader. Another Hader trade. Give up Lester, get Hader. This is a ten-team roto league. B minus. C minus. That's not selling high enough on Lester. All right, Lester for hater. Uh, from Anonymous, grade the trade. Give Bryce Harper, get George Springer. C minus. D plus. From No Name, grade the trade. Rocky, Colton, Tum Tum. Horses. Three ninjas. You don't know three ninjas? I know. I don't know their know names. How do you not know their names? Rocky loves Emily. I have seen that movie so many times. You have? I. Oh my gosh! I, my sixteen-year-old was like, I don't know when that movie came out, oh, but around age kid. seven, eight, nine, he just watched that movie over and over. I would and guess over. I have not seen that movie since the. First term of the Clinton administration. <laughs> yeah, it's an old one. Um, all right, here's the, the trade. Give up Michael Waka, get Jose Abreu in a keeper league. A. A plus. P.S. Chris is awesome. C plus. <laughs> all right, let's get through yesterday's stuff. I have a tendency to leave yesterday's action for uh, too late in the show. Three up. Mike Trout, Nelson Cruz, and Teoscar Hernandez. They combined for five home runs. Mike Trout is now the number one hitter in fantasy, but that's because Mookie Betts went on the DL. Nelson Cruz is batting 375 with, uh, 372 with five homers in his last 12 games. He homered twice yesterday. And Teoscar Hernandez is definitely the most interesting. Um, he is, uh, red hot right now. In June, he's batting 342 with three home runs, only one walk to 10 strikeouts. He had a terrible May. Teoscar Hernandez is 71% owned, batted 212. With a 404 slugging percentage. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, uh, alright, I don't know there's much to say about Trout, but question about Nelson Cruz, do you think he's, you know, Nelson Cruz, the guy we expected him to be? Yeah. Not quite. But I still think he, I, I, I don't think you can sell him really, because there's still enough question about that, so I think he's just a hold. Okay. Now, Teoscar Hernandez, 71% owned. Tell me uh, how you evaluate him. This is a this is a classic Blue Jays thing, right? Like he has appeared in three hundred and he has three hundred nine plate appearances for the Blue Jays, with eighteen homers. He's hitting two sixty with an eight sixty OPS. Like the minor league numbers don't necessarily back this up, but the Blue Jays have enough of a track record of turning kind of fringy power hitters into performers that. I, I kind of buy it. I the improvement in strikeout rate this year is encouraging. That kind of reverted a little bit in May, I think, but if if he can be a guy that strikes out less than a fourth of the time, then I think the power will play. I also think he has a tendency to be a little bit Rugnet Odorish, 
where like the the bad can be really really awful. There's not not a lot there to help if he's not hitting home runs. All right, this is Teoscar Hernandez we're talking about. Uh, Hernandez or Meadows? Hernandez. Yeah. Hernandez or Polanco? I think Polanco's the better player. I think Hernandez is the answer here. I'm going to stick with Polanco a little longer. He's not even playing. I mean, he sits against lefties. He's. I just don't think that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. All right. By the way, I uh, played on draft last night against a team that had Nelson Cruz and Mike Trout, so that didn't go very well. In fact, yesterday... <laughs> Yesterday was my lowest score in draft history. It wasn't entirely my fault. Played the night slate, which was only two games, which was the Diamondbacks game and the Mariners-Angels game. So there are only four teams to choose from. I played a three-person contest, scored six points. The winner, <laughs> yeah, winner scored ninety-eight points. <laughs> I had, Who was on your team? I had Andrew Heaney, Paul Goldschmidt, Ian Kinsler, Mitch Haniger, and David Peralta. And how is that not exactly your fault? I mean, because there weren't that many players to choose from, you know. Sure. There was enough, like one guy scored ninety-eight. Well, I didn't have a chance to draft players to choose from. I would have right? drafted Mike Trout if I had the first pick, but I didn't. I had the third pick out of three. So um, anyway, uh, it was fun. And you can uh, you can remember Ben Stein? You can just call me Ben Stein. There used to be that game, win Ben Stein's money. That TV oh yeah, show. I love that game. Yeah, you can win Adam Azer's money on the draft app. Download the draft app or go to draft.com and use the promo code FB today. FB today is the promo code. You will get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit if you use that code FB today. And you'll also automatically be following me, Big Kane 2, on the draft app so you can compete against me. I play for a dollar just about every night. And, um, yeah, and you, I usually lose, although I had a pretty good week last week. So, again, I like taking hitters. Look, two-game slate, can't really – no strategy there, but – Bigger slate, I like hitters first. Just make sure that there aren't, uh, like, one or two elite pitchers. Then you might want to pay up or, or, you know, draft early uh, for a pitcher. But anyway, uh, don't take my advice. Just keep beating me and taking my money. Draft is the app. Draft.com is the website. And FB today is the promo code. Back to the show. One down today is Yoan Moncada. And we can do an interesting little comparison this year versus last year for Yoan Moncada. He has played... Uh, about the same amount of games. 56 games this year, 54 last year. And he has nearly identical batting average and slugging percentage. 231 and 412 within one point of, of each other, um, you know, batting average and slugging percentage. On base a little bit different because he walked more last year. He struck out, uh, less last year. He has stolen four more bases this season, but eight home runs, 22 RB, basically almost identical numbers this year to last year through right around 55 games. I was hopeful because 17 games of four going on the DL in the 17 games leading up to his DL stint with hamstring tightness, Moncada seemed to turn it around. He was batting 323 with five homers, four steals, a fairly respectable nine walks to 25 strikeouts, 1057 OPS, and he's just been awful since coming back from the DL, uh, batting around 200. So is he just the same player that he was last year, which is really not rosterable, or is Moncada better than that? He's an extremely weird player. And I think he's probably rosterable. I mean, I'll tell you the one thing he has done this year is hit more doubles. He's a weird player because you look at like the strike rate is like 36%, and that's one of the worst in baseball. And the swinging strike rate is 13.5%, which is not good by any means. It's worse than last year, but it's not Lewis Brinson. It's not Joey Gallo. It's not Javi Baez. Um, it's tough to make sense of him because then you, you he's a player that you look at the peripheral parts. 40% hard contact rate, 25% line drive rate. He barely hits any infield fly balls, so he's and he's really fast, so the 341 Babbitt like the peripheral pieces all point to a really really talented player. And I think the sum is just a little less than the total parts. On the other hand, just combining 2017 and 2018 the 162 game pace is 24 homers, 15 steals, 91 runs, 66 RBI. Yeah, 234 batting average. That's bad, but that's probably rosterable in a roto league. I do feel like a little bit of this may just be growing pains. Um, it's still a guy that didn't have a ton of plate appearances above double A, 361 of them. He's still 23 years old. 
He has shown a really good ability to walk in the past. That's gone down this year. I don't think he's going to strike out 35% of the time for the rest of the year. I The other problem is I don't know if those growing pains are going to end this year or if he just improves next year, but I think he's going to be better than what his numbers have shown so far. Wow, that was one of your, the two of you, just a dreadful stretch of not saying the player's last name. Yoan Moncada. Thank you. Yoan Moncada. How many doubles did he have last year? What, he had like eight last year, 12 this year, or something like that? Yes, the same. Yeah, so uh, I know Heath's making fun of me for something that happened off the air, which is inside very jokes funny. are Adam's favorite. Very, thing it was very podcast. funny, but uh, yeah, inside jokes don't play well. Would you rather have as a middle infielder Yoel Moncada or Willie Adamas? Moncada, Moncada, yeah. Let's look at the rotation. Carlos Carrasco. I still want to know how much because I want again <laughs> seven scoreless innings, two hits, one walk, eleven strikeouts. Oh my god, so good over his last two starts: twenty-one strikeouts, two walks, and fourteen innings. Uh. Yeah, he's he just he does seem like a little bit of a different pitcher lately. He's throwing a lot of breaking balls, a lot of changeups, fewer four seamers. So I was I was listening to the podcast where you were discussing Carlos Carrasco. Yep. And it was very confusing because you were insistent that he was Oh, it's true. throwing softer now, and like we can we can check. No, we can't because I'm telling you he's it's it's a matter of how much he's using the pitches. Now the thing is, I don't I haven't unfortunately watched the early innings of his starts. I've been picking it up kind of in the middle innings. But I'm just telling you, this guy is pitching off his breaking balls. And and I am so 100% sure of that. He is. He's using his slider more than his fastball. Yeah, but I mean that, that's interesting. That's something that he's done for stretches in the past. You know, last um last year I think there were they're like the second half of the season. He wasn't throwing his slider more than his fastball, but he was throwing it, you know, 27% of the time compared to like 32% of the time for his four seamer in the month of August. So there have been stretches like that. I, I think Carlos Carrasco is a very good high, high end number two starting pitcher. Yeah. I, I guess line ace. I, Okay. What's the? There's nothing. It's, it was just interesting. That's the thing. Like I, I wasn't bringing it up. Like, like here's some hard hitting fantasy analysis. I was bringing it up. Like this is interesting. He's he's changing. It seems. I That's don't. What, I, mean, I don't. That, yeah, love, that happens to pitchers when they age. Yeah, but I don't love pitchers who who lose who lose a dominant fastball. And I think you look at Patrick Corbin, who's still getting a lot of strikeouts, but you know the velocity was down. Now he's his velocity's down considerably, and Carrasco's really isn't. Um. But Corbin's got over – it's probably like a 4 ERA over his last seven starts. I know it was 379 over six starts before he struggled yesterday. And still, like 45 strikeouts at 13 walks and 35 and two-thirds. It just – I hope Carrasco is not going the Masahiro Tanaka route, where he's got these, these really good breaking pitches but doesn't have a great fastball and gives up home runs and has bad starts, and the peripherals don't really support his final line. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, like, I hope that's not the case with Carrasco. And I don't think it is. But I can't say that thought is not entering my mind. Can't you look, Chris, at what how hitters are doing against his fastball this year? Sure. I could. But that would be interesting because I, I wonder, and we talk a lot about how much guys are using certain pitches over certain stretches. And I I just I wonder if if it was a situation where the fastball is getting crushed – then that would cause me a little bit more concern than if Carlos Carrasco is just mixing things up over yeah. a, over a month. Same. Uh, yeah. So let's find that out. And while you do uh, that, his four seam oh. fastball is getting crushed. It's interesting. Uh, he has a three nineteen batting average and a five eighty two slugging percentage against last year. It was worse. <laughs> well, that's interesting. He's, so he's maybe he's kind of scrapping it because when I watch him, he's throwing like a lot of ninety two, ninety three, which is probably his two seamer. Not necessarily his four seamer. All right, look I, again. I, I'm not trying. I don't want to scare people off Carlos Carrasco, uh, but it's just a thought that popped in my head. He's pitching a little bit differently now. Rank these pitchers: Musgrove, Corbin, Bundy, Flaherty. Corbin, Bundy, Flaherty, Musgrove. Corbin, Bundy, Flaherty, Musgrove. Chris, and three of those are in one tier. <laughs> And Joe Musgrove is in a different tier. Man, I thought about putting Flaherty above Corbin. Like, he hasn't, Corbin hasn't turned back into a pumpkin necessarily, unless like, maybe pumpkins are good. <laughs> but he's, uh. They're not. Look, they're fine. They're, they're gourds. They suck. 
Who who has a strong opinion about a gourd? I like pumpkins. Um, you would. You're out of your gourd. I don't like pumpkin beer. Um, I think there's a chance Flaherty's better than Corbin. I'll give Corbin the benefit of the doubt for now, but I'll go Corbin, Flaherty, Bundy, and Musgrove. And I, I think Musgrove needs to be 100% owned at this point. He is 82% owned. He was cruising along, no runs allowed through six, and then he retaliates. He he hits a batter on purpose because you know he's got his teammates back. And the Diamondbacks go on to score five runs in the inning, two charged to Musgrove, two earned runs charged to Musgrove. And the Diamondbacks won the game. So don't put runners on when you don't have to. Fringy starting pitchers, how would you rank Junior Guerra, Stephen Wright, Ryan Yarbrough, Wade LeBlanc, and Jordan Lyles? Ryan Yarbrough. Yeah, Yarbrough. Boy, things have taken a bad turn for Jordan Lyles after he showed some good stuff. Yeah, no, he's no. Uh, Yarbrough, Guerra, Wright, Lyles, LeBlanc. Yarbrough, Guerra, Wright, Lyles, LeBlanc. Bud Norris got a save. Let's do some team name Tuesday, and then who can carry your team to a victory? A segment suggested by Chris Towers. Uh, all right, so don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> we've got. Oh, I can't. I don't think I can sing this one today. Valerie, call on me. That was terrible. Sorry, everybody. What? But I. That's call on me. It's the song's called Valerie. It's by Steve Winwood. I've been singing that one for like five years, substituting. Well, whenever Colome got relevant, Colome's name for Call On Me in that song. We also have uh, an Arrested Development reference, the band, not the TV show. Mr. Wendell. You know that song? Mr. F. You don't know the song Mr. Wendell by Arrested Development? No. Really? It seems like no. you would love that song. You I, would yeah, love would. that song. Um, Look, I don't know every song, Adam. That's a pretty popular one. I don't know Valerie. You don't know Valerie by Steve? I know the other Valerie. What's that? The Amy Winehouse one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Hand that rocks the Knable. Sure. Don't Bogarts that squishy. Sure. Tommy Pham of the Opera. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Coleman. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Max Muncie. That funky Muncie. Sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This one's really good too. Yo, Lisha scene. Oh, I swear what he means. That's good. That's yeah. very good. One of the, like, one of the ten best songs ever. Come on, Eileen is what- Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The long and winding road on. Yes. Tell me how confident you are that if I trade for these guys right now, they're just gonna go on a crazy tear and carry my team. Josh Donaldson. One. Really? He- he could do it. No, look. <laughs> Chris, y- you gotta acknowledge that, that guys get hot. That guys are streaky, right? I think Chris is selling himself short here. That, that's the problem is Chris would like to not go out on a limb and say, this guy is getting ready to carry you to a championship. So like the, 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 the example you used when, when you texted us this AM. Emailed. Uh, emailed. No, you, you texted us. No, I didn't. It was an email? It was an email. It was an email. <laughs> Tuesday Come morning. Come on, I lead. Greatest song ever, us. ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Top ten. Uh, your example was Andrew Benintendi. And he has carried your team for about a month and a half. And it's been awesome. Right, right. I think I called that. No, you didn't. Uh, nobody did. But we're going to now. Because that's, at we're the writing time, that But wrong. that's the thing is that at the time he had like a 20% hard contact. Oh, no. There was no reason you're to right. believe that he was going to do that. I, I, you're right. No, I, I didn't say like we could have predicted that. I'm, I, I was just giving an example of a guy who could Chris, get... he's not – he's not – he's not – this isn't ask like a segment called Ask StatCast. He's not asking StatCast or Fangraphs who's going to carry your team. He's asking Chris I'm Towers. just going to leave the room for the no, I, let the me segment. Let me tell you where I'm coming from, and I sort of explained it. All right, so I've got one particular league in mind. I'm in a roto league doing horribly. And I think I'm in 11th out of 13. And I, so you're going to ask the guy that's in 12th. I need no no different league. No, different league. <laughs> different league. I I need a player the only chance I have to win is to make some type of buy low trade and get a guy who could be the best player in baseball like you could have done with Manny Machado or Josh Donaldson last year. So, I'm trying to identify those players. Now Donaldson, he's saying a 1. It almost encourages me because, you know, I don't want a guy that everybody thinks is going to go off. 
Donaldson, I think a lot of people don't think he's going to go off. I think a lot of people think he's going to have a really bad year, and he might. But if I'm desperate, I might make a buy-low play for Donaldson and just hope he repeats history and goes crazy like he did last year when he was showing similar signs of just having a really bad season. That's where I'm coming from on this. Who are guys that you would identify as, all right, I got to take a shot. I need a Hail Mary here. This this player can get super hot and carry my team. Trey Turner. I agree. Yes, he's batting 254. He's a better hitter than that. Seven. Um, I I don't know about Chris Bryant. Like, I don't know if he has that upside right now. Chris Bryant is awesome. He is. He's also bizarre. No, we can't. We uh, cannot because, go. We can't. <laughs> like, he is an MVP caliber player, which is exactly what we expected him to be when he was coming up as a top prospect. He is not at all the player that we thought he would be, and it's really weird. I know, I know, but do you think that you could trade for Chris Bryant right now and he could start hitting those home runs that we want to see? And his teammate Anthony Rizzo, both. I don't, I don't think you're getting enough of a discount on Chris Bryant for that. Fair. Uh, John Carlos Stanton. Sure. Yeah, he, he, he could go on a month long tear where he only strikes out 22% of the time and carries your team for a month. And yeah. The best I mean, player in fantasy. We've seen right. what happens when he, like, what was his strikeout rate last year? Like 25%? We've seen what happens when he goes on an extended stretch where he doesn't strike out that much. And he, you know, wasn't the best player in fantasy, but he was pretty close. Okay. Um, Jay Bruce. Now, look, Jay Bruce is not on the same level as Stanton. I, I don't need him to be the best player in fantasy. Can he be a top five outfielder, top, you know, go one of those crazy stretches for a month? Jay Bruce. Sure. Yeah, we've seen that from him as well. Um, I'm less confident in yeah, that. Yeah, I am too. Sure. But... You could get him for nothing. I've, right now. I've, like three weeks in a row almost dropped Jay Bruce. Yeah, I, I think maybe Cespedes is actually the better Mets outfielder to look at. I don't know when he's going to come back. There's Neither a lot do of the Mets. Left. Yeah, um, you know somebody that also might be on the waiver wire that could do something like that is Rugnet Odor. Oof, I just, yeah, yeah. he could. I don't know. Oh, he absolutely faith. can. But but isn't it? But you said it like he might not play when when I, Andrews is back. I mean, Profar yeah. has earned it over Odor. I would rather take a chance on Moncada in that profile. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you can. I don't like what's Odor's ownership right now. Uh, I can look. I would guess. I mean, what's Moncada's? Ninety three. Yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> How about um, a, I, I would guess in another week it'll be a lot lower. Odor is fifty nine percent owned. Yeah. How about another uh, Mets outfielder, Michael Conforto? You still feel that way about him? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the issue with him is obviously the shoulder, and we don't I, we assume that that's the reason. But this guy, I think he had an OPS north of a thousand three out of five months last season. He was a top ten outfielder for most of the first four months of the season last year. Andrew McCutcheon. Starting, yes. he's been hot. 100%. Yep. Matt Olson? Might have missed the opportunity. You might have. Matt Olson, guys? Same, you might have missed it. A little late. With both of those guys. Joey Gallo? Sure. Yep. Yes. Uh, they're, I mean, he's regressed from the early gains he made, but the batted ball profile is still elite. Ross Stripling as a buy high? I feel like you probably have to give up too much for, you know, we've probably seen the best of Ross Stripling. I'm having trouble thinking of a pitcher that could, that could do this. We, How about da- Dallas Keuchel? I was about to say Dallas Keuchel. You're just reading my notes. <laughs> yep. 100%. <laughs> I saw that smirk. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But, I, but, that's you, another, but yes, I think that's a good example of it. Yeah, me too. I'm I sorry. Just, uh, I think the guy who, who ate the, Two months where he wasn't pitching is probably not going to give him up for for cheap. I was going to ask if you agreed about Dallas Keuchel. Do you? Th- I don't not even. I actually don't really. I'm not that confident in him right now. I, mean, I wouldn't be looking for him to turn my season I, around. I would buy low in a points league for sure. John Gray, Masahiro Tanaka, uh, Lance McCullers, maybe with the 3.94 ERA. Tanaka, um, Tanaka's out a month though. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes John Gray. So John Gray is a fun one. I like John Gray. John Gray and, and Vince Velasquez are the two that I would identify. Vince Velasquez is 14th in the majors in strikeout rate. Uh, John Gray is 23rd. Both of them have 
been pretty good control pitchers this season. They also, there are flaws in their games. Vince Velasquez gets hit a little bit too hard. Uh, John Gray pitches half his games at Coors Field, but for some reason can't pitch away from Coors Field. Um, but those are two guys who I think the overall numbers are better than what they've shown. And maybe Nick Pavetta as well. See, we got a pretty good segment out of this. Luis Castillo. Yeah, I know you guys really like Luis Castillo. I mean, I, I just the the upside is is super high still, um, even though he's been bad. Alex Wood. Yeah, you think so? Kevin Gosman. Oh, I do, I don't agree. I mean, we've we've he's not look. It's not carry your team levels, but we've seen the second half of last season. I'm pretty sure Kevin Gosman had like a three five ERA. Yeah, I guess if you're lowering the the threshold, sure. Okay, uh, so let's look at today's matchups and end the show. Eduardo, oh wait, no, we more grade the trade. I forgot about the grade the trade. I have not done nearly enough grade the trade on the show this year. I apologize. So let's get back to that grade the trade part two is from Curtis. I'd be giving up Aaron Nola and Matt Olson. Give up Nola and Olson. Get Lester and Goldschmidt. Um, I think that's a an A. C. C? Really? Matt Olson is really good. He's not anywhere. He's not Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt has largely bounced back, although not entirely, and I don't think he will be the player he was the past two years, three years. I I like Aaron Nola a lot more than I like John Lester. From the Nuge, grade the trade. Standard five by five twelve team roto. Give you Darvish. Get Reese Hoskins. B B. From Joe. Give Cueto, Castillo, and Frankie Montas three pitchers. Cueto, Luis Castillo, and Frankie Montas for Jose Barrios. Um. That feels like too much. Not to me. Uh, it, this so it's so league dependent. Yeah, that's true. Right. Tell okay. us how many teams are in your league because, like, the trade that Chris and I made in a sixteen-team league, I would have never made that trade in a twelve-team league. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a C minus. Yeah, I think it's probably a C minus. All right, from Keith, grade the trade in a shallow head-to-head points league. Give up Bryce Harper and Eduardo Rodriguez. Ooh, Bryce Harper and Eduardo Rodriguez get Blake Snell and Freddie Freeman. Hot take. A plus. Yeah. A plus. I love that. A plus? I can I'm say not a. sure. I'll say A. I'm not sure Freddie Freeman isn't better than Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean it's they're both and really Blake good Snell in that is format. Definitely better than Eduardo Rodriguez. Yes. yes, he is. Okay. Thank you for letting us teach you, teach you, teach you, teach you how to grade the trade. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Good job. <laughs> or make a trade. It should have been make a trade. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. All right. That's uh, Gray the Trade. And are we starting John Gray at Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah. Are we starting Tanner Roark and CeCe Zabathia facing each other in Yankee Stadium tonight? I would prefer not to start CeCe Zabathia. Agreed. Are we starting Jake Odorizzi at Detroit? Fine. Yes. Chris Stratton at Miami. No. Let's see. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Mike Fultonevich tonight. Yes. Yeah, I, I will start both. Chase I don't Anderson. want to start Wheeler. I'm going to yell at everybody to drop Chase Anderson after he gets crushed by the Cubs tonight, so don't start him. Uh, you should drop him before yeah. that. Adam Plutko at the White Sox. No. No. James Shields against the Indians. No. Yes. No, you liar. What? <laughs> I think that we just skipped over Tyler Chatwood. We're not start- who's starting Tyler Chatwood? No way. Uh Matt oh. Strom at the Cardinals. No. No, he's gonna throw about two and a third. Sal Romano at Ian Kennedy. No, no. No. Trevor Williams at Clay Buckholtz. Nope. I I don't know what Clay Buckholtz is doing. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think I would start either. Daniel Magnet against the Astros. No, no, no. Jaime Berea at Mike Leake. 
I think both are kind of interesting in deep leagues. Leak is a guy that you should be starting in a weekly league with a two-start pitcher, but individually, I'm not starting in that matchup. Bartolo Colon at Caleb Ferguson. Nope. No. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We had the best segment ever today. Thank you, Chris, for inspiring. See ya. See ya.